Alright, so good thing we have double recorders because we only recorded the show on Z3 instead of Z1. That's why we have two. Yep. Just don't make sure we don't lose that SD card in the fire before the show's out because that was a good show. Mm. It was a good show. I got a little bit more of Aslan here. You want to finish it off? Uh, oh, no, no, I mean the big. This yeah, one, yeah, this yeah. One, this one here. Oh, that's, Ooh, that's, that's the Merc. Shake. That's the Merc. I'll drink the Merc out of this guy. A lot of vitamin B12. Ooh, that was good. That was good. Very yeasty at the bottom. Hmm. Ooh, that was all hot bits. <laughs> I just drank the bottom of the Madurai, mm. and it was it was bitter, very bitter. <laughs> All right, so uh, Max and I are watching Stranger Things. Oh, really? Yes. So you haven't seen it? Have you seen? Oh no, I've seen it. Oh, okay. No, but he asked if he could watch it. I guess you know had to talk about it in school. Offered to let Allie watch. Allie is scared of the idea of a scary show. I get it, and I'm like. No, it's, I get it. It's, I, 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 I know. Uh, I'm trying to tell her, like, you, you like Goonies, and this is a lot like Goonies, and not really much. Little, yeah. Not yeah. much scarier, but a little bit. And she uh, just, she, but she's scared of the idea. She's scared of the idea. Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, that, uh, that's why I avoided horror films for a while. That's why I'm still not a huge fan of horror films, because I avoided them when I was young, so I didn't really get to love them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was like, oh, I'm, I, don't, I don't like being scared. The thing that I'm impressed with is Max is, like, watching all the adult stuff. Like, the the not exciting, the not pa- the action stepping. Like, all of Stranger Things. There's, like, there's only 20% of that show that's interesting. At least the first season was only all the only thing I watched. Yeah, I mean, the first season's a good season. Second season's not really worth it. But, I mean, there's character... In 20% of it. But, I mean, most he's... of it's it, it, most God that. Do you want me to rail against Stranger Things again? Because I can talk all about how. Sure, sure. <laughs> I know. I'd like to hear. I'd like you refresh my memory on. Okay. Why you hate it so much? Uh, d- tell me what characters had arcs. Uh, so, I'm not through it again the whole way. I'm only mm-hmm. about halfway through. Um. Arcs. Okay. <laughs> well, Arch, uh, Hopper has an arc. Yeah. And that's... So, like, I was asking Max, like, how he felt about Hopper, like, the first episode, second episode, uh-huh. right? Because I wanted to see if he'd picked up on it. Right. You know, yeah, he's picking up on how Hopper... And, and I think asking him the question, he's kind of seeing how characters can change, yes. right? Because in the stuff that he is used to watching, characters don't have arcs. Mm-hmm. Right? So, but, you know, he's... You know he's like he's he's in involved he's invested in it and I, you know he's he's seven years old so mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm, I'm what, what I'm I mean what what better time to, than to, than to get people right. invested in storytelling I mean that that right. seems like it but seems I'm, like I'm the perfect in, I'm, time but I'm interested in him it's not the stories he's used to being told yeah sure right? sure but but so. but there there's a more generalized story thing that. We all recognize, almost at a genetic level, 
it, it's something that is is sort of the way our brains are designed is to interpret things in in, in these in story arcs, mm-hmm. even though stories don't happen in real life, right? Uh, they're they're just the way that we interpret things, and that's why science is designed like it is because now, it tells a story. Popper's probably one of the only characters that has an arc, right? I mean, the bad guy stays bad, the kids don't. They don't really change. They don't really change a little bit. Like I, I think the kids, as as one unit, have a little bit of an arc, right? A little bit. Eleven has something of an arc. Hopper has something of an arc, and the only other person that has an arc is the 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 boyfriend. Does he have? So does he have any arc in the first season, or is that in the second season where he? I don't. I've never watched this second okay. season. I'd only watched the first okay. season, but I know in the first season he goes from being a douche to kind of being a hero. Okay, and I that's don't, an I don't, I don't remember. I mean, I'm going through it again. Yeah. I don't remember him becoming heroic in the first season. In the second season, it was kind of out. Like to me, because I forgot about the first season, he was kind of out of left field. Like I said, he, in the second season, he plays a major role with the kids as kind of their, you know. Um, protector and advocate you know like steve what <laughs> all we want to do is get in our pants yeah yeah it was, it was really weird i think i think that the creator said that they they found the character they found the, or the actor too likable to to keep him as just a douche okay which was why they they changed his arc okay uh or i, I gave him an arc <laughs> but yeah i mean that so so my biggest problem, my real huge problem with Stranger Things is that it's a two-hour movie that's stretched into eight and a half hours of television. And yeah, I'm like, oh, it's I all- can't disagree. There's been a ton of stuff on Netflix mm-hmm. or on the other networks and cable channels and things that are trying to cash in on bingeability mm-hmm. and just stretching it out way too far. Yeah, so many things that Westworld is super is super guilty of this. It's the first season. Um I mean, well, I mentioned Goonies, right? I mean, Stranger Things is kind of a reboot of Goonies, you know, a bunch of kids out having an adventure. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, Goonies is, is, is an easy one, but um, like a lot, all those Spielberg-y explorers, right? I mean, like all those things. Oh, Super Eight, Super Eight was good. Super Eight was kind of like the, the same. It was yeah. the same thing. It, 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 it was almost a, a a pastiche of of Spielberg things. It was that was yeah. it's the same thing that Stranger Things is, but it was done in a movie, right? It was a two hour yeah. movie. Well, the other, yeah. You could do all of Stranger Things, get everything you've done in Stranger Things accomplished, tighter, better editing, two-hour story. It worked just as well. Probably better. Yeah, yeah, good point. How's that compare to... Like, every character doesn't need to have an arc, but if you're going to have eight episodes, give your fucking characters arcs. Right. So, no, that makes sense. How does... I'm not trying to trap you or anything, mm. but like, oh, I'm to, not saying that I'm just really awesome, awesome and consistent. But no, <laughs> no, but like, okay, so Stranger Things is stretched mm. out to to be bingeable to keep mm. you coming back, but then you have other really good shows, which I'm assuming you aren't 
feeling or artificially stretched out like Better Call Saul. Mm. Right? Or Breaking Bad. Mm, uh, less so, but yeah. So Better Call Saul. I mean... No, there there are definitely episodes that feel like, okay, I don't... This is this is filler for Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. Um, and... and is it, I, is it a necessary evil of the long-form storytelling? I think that in some cases it is. I think that, you know, the perfect, you know, the, the, the ideal story, everything moves. There's no filler episodes. There's no episodes where they're setting up the chessboard for, thing to happen, for things to happen later. But I think that kind of a necessary evil of these things is you have to do the, mm-hmm. those episodes. In Better Call Saul, all of the characters, or at least all of the main characters, feel three-dimensional. They feel like well, they... spend so much time on character. They, I mean, they do. Uh, so, so That show is more character than Breaking Bad was. Much, it's, 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 I think it's a better show. And it, it, it really... It, it takes these characters and it explores them in all the ways and it gives them... It, it gives them three-dimensionality and that... That plus the artistry of the show itself, how it's shot, how they, you know, all, all that stuff together makes it such a great show. Um, so, the the idea of necessary evils of long form storytelling versus bingeability. The thing that bugs me about Netflix shows like Stranger Things or Ozark or stuff like that is. The way they wrap up each episode, right? They they want you to watch the next episode. Mm-hmm. Or Better Call Saul is more naturally like if you had it on DVD or if you had it on streaming, you would watch the next episode because you want to know what's happening. But it, there's not this kind of artificial hook that like jump scare or like the like cliffhanger, you know? That kind yeah, of thing. well, yeah, right. I, I think that that's a that's sort of a, a way that people have have modify the form for mm-hmm. long form is, is to put these these hooks at the end because you know that they're going to be basically a stretch in between and i think that's fine i understand it i, I mean definitely you, you want to keep like books have been, you know done that for, for ages but no, it's sure. a hook and, and right but like you don't see that i mean there's plenty of shows that you would binge hbo shows you know and whatnot that that don't follow the formula as tightly as Netflix seems to do. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, Netflix has has its, but that does. But like, I I think that there's cream that rises at top. Like yeah. to me, American Vandal was such a great mm-hmm. show because the the reason why I loved American Vandal so much was because for, I enjoyed the funny parts, and then it took such a turn and made me think. That I I felt so like moved by this silly show about dicks that it stuck in my head for for weeks. This show, that's why I loved it so much because this thing that shouldn't have moved me so much did, uh, and that's why I kept recommending it to everybody. I still do. It's funny, you know. It's like there's been like two shows that I started watching and I dropped off. Because I didn't give it the right amount of time, right? It was American Vandal. And when I realized that it was this satire mm-hmm. thing, I was like... And it just got, like... It wasn't just that it was a... 
there's a there's a there's a part of American Vandal where it's it goes from being satire to ridiculous. Yes. Before it reins itself back in. And I hit ridiculous. And I'm like, this is not this it is kind of stretches a, itself out a bit. Just, I thought it was just going, it was, and then it reigns like, itself back in. It looked in. like it yeah. was, re, it looked like it was devolving into dick jokes or right. fart jokes yeah. or you know, just like like it, I didn't see it reigning itself back in, so I stopped watching it. And the other one is Lost, right? <laughs> I watched that. There was a different show called Lost, which was a reality show, <laughs> yes. which, which had a really I like the premise. Mm-hmm. The premise of the original show that was titled Lost. Which was the reality show was they would take teams like um, Survivor, not sur- the one where they travel the world though. The uh, yeah, great uh, American race, the great great, great race, great. or uh, no, it's something race. Yeah, whatever that show. But the the premise of the reality show Lost was they would take the teams of people, they would fly them somewhere. Amazing on, race, amazing race. Okay, so Lost, they would fly you somewhere on Earth, drop you off on a helicopter, mm-hmm. and the first team to get back to the Statue of Liberty wins. Mm. And I liked that premise. They dropped them off in Mongolia, right? So, like, they had to get on this trans And they had anything with them, right? They had, like... They had a backpack, and they had money. And, and of course, a camera crew following them. camera crew, right, yeah. <laughs> so, that's going to open more places than yeah, sure, otherwise. sure. But, you know, they had to get on the, the Siberian Railroad and, you know, get to Moscow, you know, like, it, it probably, you know, it, there was flaws in the premise, right? Like, because once you got to the first town, you got to the next, you got so much closer to your goal, right? When you're out in the wilderness, like, you know, getting that first 10 miles is very difficult. The more interesting way to, to do it now would be without necessarily a full camera crew, but with maybe somebody with them who has, like, GoPros or something that are mm-hmm. hidden. Yeah. So it doesn't... So there's not an entire production following yeah, them. Yeah. Like, you could then have, have a much more real interaction. Mm-hmm. Let me switch this because we are just listening to this song. Yeah. A much more real interaction... Without, because because there's not a lot of pre, there's not so much pretense going on with a whole bunch of with you know four camera crews and a producer with every team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, Lost is back. So I turn it on and there's this like plane crashing in the jungle thing. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this ain't the Lost I want to watch. So and then like a month later, you're like, have you been watching Lost? <laughs> like, no. Um. So I mean, let's. There, there's at least one show that you introduced me to that I love, which is Mr. Robot. And that's that. That's the one that comes off the top of my head. I'm sure there's others. Uh, but yeah, Mr. Robot, which was great first season, kind of middling second season, and then it picked up in third season. But the show that's on right now is Legion, which we haven't talked about mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> no, we should definitely talk about Legion. Before we get into Legion, because I think we could spend a lot of time on that, yeah. is uh, I just watched a Netflix show. Uh, we probably talked about when the first season came out, The Santa Clarita Diet. Oh, that's the one where it's zombies, right? It, it has... Um, I can't think of the actor's name. Guy from Justified, Raylan Givens. And, okay. Uh, Never watched Justified. Okay. Not, not that I think it's bad, yeah. it's just there's so much TV. Right, right. So it has... And Drew Barrymore... I think it's Drew Barrymore. 
she looks like Drew Barrymore. She's not Drew Barrymore. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like this take on zombies. And, like, so she's, like, undead. So, But she has to eat human flesh. So it's, it's a little bit of... Um, Dexter, a little bit of dark, you know, but it's dark comedy. It's a, it's like Dexter meets Weeds meets you right. know, a couple other things, and uh, it, it's a funny dark comedy. It's, it's a, I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's like it's a high concept premise, and then what are you gonna do with it? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was enjoyable. So we just watched, we just binged, you know, that second season of, of Santa Clarita Diet. Um, also watched Love, which is a Judd Apatow show. Second. That one's more has a bit of that like office thing going on where like they try to keep you uncomfortable, mm. you know, like because you know how much fun is to watch a couple fighting. You know? Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think that is that's what sort of turned me off of the idea is I don't really I, I'm not into the uncomfortable thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Like only if it gets super silly, like in a, in a wet hot American summer way. Yeah, that. Is is the stuff I'm like the the uncomfortable stuff doesn't. Yeah, I mean, so anymore. Heather likes the show. I watch it with her, but I find myself like also like can't they can make it? They can make it. They can overcome this ridiculous thing, you know? Like I'm. I'm I mean, I like the actors who were involved, mm-hmm. Paul, uh, Paul Rustin and Gillian Jacobs. Yeah. And and Claudia Dirty is on is in it. She's she's hilarious. I yeah, I mean, there's definitely stuff. funny characters. Uh, there's the dude who runs the food cart at the TV shoot. He's a black guy. I don't know the actor's name, but he has a really. They give him really good lines. You know, um, it's probably a comedian. Probably because there's yeah, yeah. a lot of comedians yeah. in that. Uh, let's see, love. Yeah, and then, like, Paul Russ was shooting a movie in the season, and he cast that guy to be one of the actors in the movie. And he's, like, the only black guy on the show, I'm sure you'll find him in IMDb. <laughs> uh, oh, Mike Mitchell's in it. Mike Mitchell's hilarious. Jordan Rock, is that who? I don't he's, know. He's a black guy. That's probably him, then. Kevin? Yeah. Okay. The, yeah, he, he's funny on the show, for sure. Uh, it's good. It's just like you know, they want to show like kind of the the how tough having a relationship is, mm. and you know, both... it sounds like they put a lot of obstacles in there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, well, Jillian's character is you know definitely a flawed character, and then Paul's character is kind of he's needy and he's not very you know socially awkward and, yeah and so they they compound each other you know right. they're they kind of dependency there's a pen, there's but they depend on right yeah. there's a they have a codependence yeah yeah problem yeah now that that makes sense but claudio dirty i think she's she's so funny she's she's the she's from australia she doesn't have an australian accent on the show birdie so. bauer oh, Bur- oh oh she does okay yeah she does have australian okay no the, her character is She's she's my favorite, you know, because like what she's doing and how she's like making her life, you know, she's probably one of the best characters on the show because it's like I don't need any more Paul and Julian drama. Right, I see yeah. what Birdie does. So yeah, she's and I think she like I if you ever like she's on Comedy Bang Bang a lot. And she's so okay. funny. So anybody who says women are funny is like haven't paying attention. Yeah, no. there's so many. 
anyway. I, I never got that, but uh, you know, it, you know, okay, cis white male saying that he's always he's a feminist. You know, doesn't carry much water. But I've always, <laughs> you know, liked female comedians. I've always, you know, I like women in the workplace. We talked about this a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like you know, so I can I can say it out loud, but it sounds you know, okay. Look, cis white male saying this. It, big yeah, thing. two white two two cis white males in in, in a room going, oh yeah. Uh, of course, we're awesome. We we accept everybody. It it, it is very silly of us to to be to to, to a, not had, look at ourselves okay. in that. So I had a call this week, and I kind of like I, I I screwed up at the end, like super tiny screw up, but not what I strive to be. Had a call this week with some people that I work with, but two new people. There was a woman, and then there was what almost certainly was a transgender woman on the show on the, on the call <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah it's a show now. another show it's a show now on the call <laughs> and um you know and i was trying to you know i was being con, con having conversation having conversation you know trying to trying to show them how much i appreciate the help that they gave me on the call so at the end i said thanks guys and you know, I'm sure. Yeah, I could have done better with the the guys part. No, you don't think there's a problem with that? I don't think so. I think that it, as a general, I meant it as kind of closer than thank you person I've never met in person. Right? Thanks, thanks, friends. You know, guys but... to me. I mean, okay, maybe maybe people can look at this from another perspective, but from my perspective, it, it's it's a general thing. It doesn't it doesn't need to be. It's not gender specific. Okay. Uh, to to me, after in, in, after in it came mind. out of my mouth, uh, it's maybe because I was extra sensitive with the transgender person on the call. Um, but yeah. So so, what would be a better like? Thanks everyone. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, I think probably be something that isn't technically gendered, right? I, th- I think that on on it depends on how 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 carefully you're looking at it, right? I think that like. On, on some level, if you're like if you're trying to be as delicate as possible, then guys isn't necessarily the way to go. But as a, I don't think that everything necessarily requires that level of delicacy, uh, and therefore, in, in some sense, uh, the informality of guys. Well, that's I was going for informality. Yeah, that's what I was going for. And after I said it, I just wondered if uh, you know if that was. Uh... I would let me let me put it this way. I would hope. I guess this is weird for me to say, but I would hope that that is not going to be the the hardest part of somebody's <laughs> day is the fact that somebody said guys instead of everyone. Like I, I would hope that that's not. Yeah, because I wanted to be I wanted to be informal. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's not really. I mean, like you could say thanks, friends, but that just sounds. You're not going to please all the people all the time. That just sounds weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's just right. Yeah, what are you assuming uh, with, with friends? Now, everyone would be sort of a more, I guess, clinical in some way. Yeah, because I, mean, uh, I wanted something. I want something more informal than everyone. But I say thanks, guys, all the time. I mean, this is just me. But yeah. like, when, well, but this, there, there, there are women in no, but there are women in in yeah. in the group that I we do a daily scrum uh, in, in in our development team. So there there are women, and I say thanks, guys. When we hang up. <laughs> half the group is women, mm-hmm. and 
Uh, I don't know if there are any uh, transgender people in, in the team. I don't think so. Uh, honestly, it wouldn't. I wouldn't I, care. Well, wasn't wasn't maybe maybe the you know so the voice of the person was seemed pretty clearly someone who's in transition. Um, but you know, it wasn't necessarily that. I mean, the. Right, you, you were more concerned about that because you didn't want to offend as opposed to you being concerned I, about I, I that. I didn't for... want, you know, so we, we have a lot of inclusivity and diversity training and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? And I agree with it. I mean, we've, we've talked about, we, you and me agree about, we've done a lot of things changing our language and vocabulary over the years. And I think that some of that we've done a little, we went a little overboard. And I think that... To a certain extent, we can draw back some of that because we can learn from okay, where do we, where where we do right and where do we do wrong? Like, not every correction is necessary. Okay. Um. Like I, I think that we we I've talked about this briefly. How I think we may have went a little bit overboard with the oh, we can't call things gay, and and it'd be dumb anymore. You do. I think, yeah, I think that may have been a little bit of, of like, I, I think it was a, a, a part of the time, but I also think it was possibly a bit of a stretch. Huh. Uh, See, I, I, I disagree. I think okay. that, I think, You're the, allowed. I think the following years have showed that, you know, we were kind of ahead of the wave on, on striking gay from our, you know, common use. Yeah, no, I, th- I think as a co- as a super common thing, yeah. But at the, but at the same time, I mean, okay, so at the same right. time, there is the so there's okay. So I don't use gay for saying something is dumb, but there was a time where I used. Can I even? I don't even think you let me say the n word anymore. And I use the N word jokingly, and you like, what? What are you doing? Yeah, that that's so, still that, so that's like, still beyond the pale. But see, the, I don't that that you just recently did a gay joke on me, and I thought it was fine. Did I? Yeah, I um because when I called off. Oh. Yes, it was it was a meta. Yeah, <laughs> meta gay. Joke. Yeah, but. <laughs> I understood it, yes. and and I didn't. That like, was, but something that was something just between two people. I would. Yes, yeah, but it was. So you, I, I I called off, and uh, so Greg thought I was being kind of passive aggressive sometimes when he would cancel yeah, shows. Was, yeah, right. Because I would just say okay, mm-hmm. and we had we we actually had to unpack that, and like, no, I got shit to do. I. I there's seldom that I'm disappointed that you call off a show. Yeah. Tonight would have been a great night for you to call off a show. I'm so <laughs> tired. But, you know, so I say, okay. So, like, the last couple times he's called off, I've said, okay. And then in parentheses, I've said, you know, kind of unpacked it for him. Right. And the, the last week, I, was, I said, okay, parentheses, homo. Right. Which I totally got. And, and that was the, I mean, the great thing is that we did unpack it. I mean, like bringing up these things and unpacking it between each between if you have somebody I totally I highly recommend this well, because, actually so I used I'm glad you brought that up I used the homo joke because we had struck it from right, our vocabulary right, yeah <laughs> I just wanted to be you know I could have used the n-word there too but I just uh-huh. like the... <laughs> yeah I think the n-word was a little strong yeah uh 
But the you know using the homo thing was like because yeah, and I don't think that calling everything gay is is awesome. I, I would not do that. But I think that there is occasions when, in the same way as when you did that, mm-hmm. when like understanding that it's silly to do that. Well, there was, but at the same time, saying you know using it as like. I, I mean, I'm, but there was a little bit more nuance, right? Because it's like, okay, homo, but it's not bad that you're a homo. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going a little too far with that. I, I'm just saying yeah. that, like, there's. I think there are lines that you can you can cross if you discuss it and if it's private with somebody else, mm-hmm. and then there are lines that really you shouldn't cross, and. The N-word thing is, and, and yes, I... I understand how painful it is and how I'm a privileged white guy. It just, you know, I'm, I'm laying it out here. You know, I, yeah. I don't... I don't think it should be unavailable. I, I don't think I should use it recklessly, but I don't think it should be unavailable. I, I, I... As another cisgendered white male... The reason that I feel like it it is unavailable is uh, uh, the the shame I feel when I hear it, the 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 immense shame that is you know it's a cultural thing that mm-hmm. is put put and that's the only reason why I would feel shame is because the culture isn't is imposing it upon me. Uh, because in a vacuum, there would be nothing to impose that shame upon me. Um, but the shame that I would feel by going about it is is so high that I would that I project that onto people who say it, such that it becomes very negative to me when I hear it. So, from my perspective, saying that word around me is not. Mm-hmm. A good thing, and I don't feel that way about, or nearly that strongly. Like, if you were to say things are gay all the time, that'd be different. But if you, but that thing you did mm-hmm. was fine for me. It didn't invoke that kind of shame that I would then push onto you. So, because I can only talk about it from my perspective, that's the way that I'm going to, sure. uh, to to attack it, I guess, uh, to describe what's going on. So that's why I would say, at least around me, that word is a no-no because it 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 pushes shame on me and on the people okay. who would say it. I mean, I out of respect, I haven't said it tonight, and you know, I so. We've had conversations. Would you even... Should it not be said in a clinical sense? In your... I, I think that if you are very much defining... If you're, talking, if you're talking about the N-word. Yes, if you're very much defining that you're talking about it in a very clinical sense in you, really then also... You you bound the conversation in, in, in a very clinical way, too. Like, you can't just bring it up and say, oh, but we're talking clinically. Like, you have to really sure. get into, okay, let's go. So, I mean, this conversation, we could say it, right? I think that you could say, <laughs> okay. I, I, I think the whole idea is not to be flippant with it mm-hmm. and, and not, and to be very, and to respect the power it has on people. And no, respect. Sure. No, the, I understand how 
I, I don't, I don't, maybe I don't understand it. I appreciate yeah. how it could be immensely painful for someone to hear that directed at them. And I maybe and, I'm a little and, less, little less sympathetic of just hearing it used in a joke. But that's that's just white me, and I understand that, and yeah. and I'm, I'm appreciative of how the impact that it has, and I'm not saying you know fuck that shit. I'm gonna say it anyway. Right. You know, I'm being respo- respectful. I mean, it, it, it's a tough one for me. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't carry as much weight, you know. But you know, there's there's not. You know, you you come from a Jewish background. I don't. So there's even yeah, there's even I'm less, less like, oppressed yeah. than, than you yeah, are. Right. So you know, I am I'm, right. That's true because because I I would I, I feel that if you were to say uh, like kike, I would feel that mm-hmm. even though I don't consider myself Jewish, I still grew up in that. And I understand that there are people who would look at me do, where, where, as Jewish, do regardless where, of the fact that I don't follow. Do you know where kike comes from? Just curious. No idea. No? Okay. No idea. Um, just that it's a hateful word. It's, oh, it's, it's full that. of hate. Sure. Right? Okay. I was uh, wondering if there was an etymology to it. That... There, there, there may very well be. I, I don't. I have not really looked into it. And it probably would be interesting. Uh, you know, in, in a clinical way, mm-hmm. where what is the entomology of of, of that word? Um, even though I do not regard myself as as, as Jewish in any way, uh, I, I would rather essentially not be associated with the religion in its entirety. I still feel a weird kind of like. Well, you know that people associate that you came from Jewish people, so yeah. you are a Jew, and if, and, and if there, someone it, associates a yeah. certain status to a Jew, you inherit that status. Yes, yes, without me having anything to do with it, including my current views. Like well, how- because, well, the people that hate Jews don't really hate the people's religion as much as... Hating the, the ethnicity, hate, they, they the hate ethnicity. a caricature of 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 the a caricature of what they consider to be the behavior of a particular ethnicity as a large. You know, as, we talked about this yeah. before many years ago. But growing up, I mean, so Jews or white people, they look like me. I mean, I've learned, you know, their noses are sometimes different mm-hmm. and things like that. But, like, I, I could not understand, like, wait, the the Nazis didn't like these other white people? I, 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 I don't get it. I couldn't figure out why. There's, the, the, the irony is you're right. There's nothing to get. It's, it's, such, a, it, it's such a facile, like, it's such a... It's an ephemeral thing that this this concept that is pushed on something, but the fact that it's so cultural means that I feel even though I don't associate myself with it, 
And and that's the it's a completely illogical response if you were going from pure rationality for me to feel something when that happens. But we're not it, we're not rational we're not rational beings entirely. I mean, part of it might have been where I grew up. I don't know because like you know I grew up in an integrated place, so there's Jews around, mm-hmm. but they were integrated in the society. But then you know if I drive through Squirrel Hill and I see. The guys walking on the sidewalk with the yarmulkes and what are the, the, tesser, the, the, the Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then, you know, the, the kids, you know, and they're dressing a certain way and they're kind of staying insular in their mm-hmm. group, yeah. right? And I'm not saying I hate them. <laughs> I don't hate them. But, like, I'm not saying because they're insular is a reason to hate them. But, you know, I never was exposed to a, a neighborhood of yeah. where the Jews live, you know, right. as opposed to... Well, I mean, the the... the 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 comparison would be compare that to say Mormons mm-hmm. walking around in their suits and ties and things yeah. and, and and it's you know the the people who rigidly adopt a certain procedural way of looking mm-hmm. are always going to feel separate regardless of their skin color or something like that there, yeah. there, there's something about them essentially separating themselves out from the larger culture and then keeping themselves into a separate culture. Right. The there's, Amish, gonna be, there's gonna be misunderstandings yes. there. Mm-hmm. They're you know they want to preserve their culture, but from the outside there's gonna seem like they're being insular. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's, it's part of why humans kill each other for millions of years well it, it's hundreds, it, hundreds of thousands of years. it's it's part of why well it's it's it's, it's probably a couple million mm-hmm. uh it's probably why like i said we're not perfectly rational beings anybody who tries to say oh well, let's be totally rational is kidding themselves mm-hmm. because there, there, there's a there's a whole bunch I can say about this. I mean, you mentioned go your, into, into, your, your parents kind of stay in a Jewish group, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, their only friends are Jewish people. Well, not not anymore. Okay, it used to be that way, but now that they've been going to like these classes locally, even though it's it's kind of a Jewish area, mm-hmm. not everybody that they talk to is necessarily Jewish anymore. So, not all of their friends are Jewish. I think. But for a while that was the case. At least when I was growing up that was the only okay. that was it. Yeah. Like that it, that it's so foreign to me. Like I you know, I grew up Catholic, but I couldn't imagine like only associating with Catholic people. Yeah. But, you know, we didn't live in a you know, in a area like there was no it was very mixed, right? There was like not like the Catholic neighborhood or the Catholic street. Well it wasn't until yeah. it wasn't until really I went to started going to private school that I really kind of got un, un, it wasn't really until college that I got deeply because I was living in a different area from my mm-hmm. parents right? and so now I'm living with people who have different beliefs and my best friend at the time was an evangelical Christian so got a whole mm-hmm. different you know perspective oh it's his job to convert you all of a sudden yeah and, and um, I, I think that you know he, he tried and you know, good on him, right? That uh, I tried my best to, to at the time give him my perspective, uh, and even at one point felt uh, like he 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 had a friend who who you know did a little I don't know a little thing in him, and and they they were talking to me, and and I felt 
uh, uh, overwhelmed and attacked. And I told him that, you know, now that I look at it, well, I mean, I was young. I, I didn't know everything about what I was, you know, talking about. And uh, the, the I was a little bit like, I don't know if I, I was offended and afraid, like at the same time, like, what am I doing? What's happening here? Are they right? Like now I see the arguments are to me now silly. And I kind of saw that at the time, but I also felt like you feel the spark of, well, is there something there? I, is, is there something is Jesus to Jesus my Lord and Savior? Not, I mean, I don't know how far it would go, but like, hmm, that's an interesting point. And then, of course, you get you get scared when something is starting mm. to challenge your worldview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I expressed that at the time to, to Mike, and uh, I didn't understand it then. I understand it more now. I'm not nearly as afraid now to have the conversation because I recognize what these conversations are more about. They're, they're, I'm not trying now when I talk to somebody to convince them that what I'm saying is right. I'm trying to elucidate my position on the matter. If they feel for some reason like, wow, you have suddenly changed my mind okay but i do not expect that nor am i trying for that i'm simply trying to say this is what i believe here's why i believe it i'm interested in what you believe and why you believe it absolutely i'll listen to it uh do not expect me to think that that's rational i don't expect you to think what i think is rational but here are the reasons here's what i think and i think that as long as it's kept on that level uh, you can have a perfectly fine conversation with anybody who believes anything and, uh, and and explore that space because there's a lot of interesting stuff that's just around that space that doesn't necessarily... You don't have to believe what the other person believes to understand what a person is thinking and how a person thinks. And that is more important to how you get along with the person, mm-hmm. at least from my perspective, than exactly what they believe. Sure. I gotta go pee. All right, but I do want to talk about Legion, so we gotta keep oh, this show okay. going. All right, I'm just gonna say the N word 25 times. Oh boy, that would be great. <laughs> um, what did we talk about? I told Greg. Oh, yeah, we talked about that on the show too. Okay, so it is springtime here in Pittsburgh, which means on Tuesday it snowed. And on Friday, it was 80 degrees. And on Tuesday, it's going to snow again. Um, Hopefully, that is the end of our snow. Getting into uh, travel soccer season with Allie. She's only playing travel. She's not playing in-house soccer. So she only has... Three soccer things a week now. Two practices in the game. So been so rainy. The first two practices in the game were canceled. We had practices uh, twice this week. There are games tomorrow. It's supposed to be thunderstorms. So we'll see. She's oh, it's it's frustrating. She has been playing with the same group of girls with the same coach for three sessions which is a year and a half 
there's one more session before they move up to the next age group. Her and one other player off of her team got moved to a different team. And it's just so frustrating because like after a year and a half of these girls working together, they're starting to actually play well together. And you know, now how much of it had to do with her injury, how much of it had to do with, you know, Talking about Allie got moved to a different figured, team yeah. after uh -huh. a year and a half, and how frustrating it was it just trying to fill there. I knew I could, I knew I could rant about that until you got back. Um, so we'll see. Um, there's some good players on the new team, but it's just not going to be nearly as good as our old team. And we're playing in an A bracket, so I'm worried that we're just going to be completely outclassed for this season. But we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow's the first game. It's if we don't get rained out with thunderstorms and game canceled. I mean, to some point, uh, it may be good to teach. Some things are futile. <laughs> the funny thing is, the thing that bugged her the most was that she wouldn't... So the coach that she's been playing with, he's like a yeller. Mm. So you would think she wouldn't be too sad if... She didn't play with him. No, she was like, oh, I don't get to play with Coach Bob anymore. So she liked his coaching style, being a geller, which was kind of surprising. Well, who knows with kids, right? Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about Legion. <laughs> what the fuck? So he, he, the interesting thing to me about Legion is, like, I talk about storytelling all the time. I think it's very strong component of what I like about shows. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you know, a show that is well-structured is, to me, more important than a show that is flashy. And then you get to a show like Legion, where all it's, it seems to be only flashy. Um, and to a certain extent, that's true. Yet... It's still telling. It's it's telling a very ordinary story, which is the interesting thing about Legion to me, is that it is telling an extremely ordinary story that we've all seen before, but doing it in such an interesting way, that that's the interesting thing about it. That's what's making me watch. That that's why I'm willing to like. I'm so. I'm just sitting back and letting it happen in a sense. Um, so the first episode had so many different things going on, the John Hamm narration, the other stuff, but the thing that I think sticks out the most was the dance scene. Yeah, yeah, they had a dance battle. Which was, from a story perspective, the, the Legion's way of interpreting a psychic a battle between psychics. Yeah. So a visual representation of a psychic battle was this dance battle. And each dance was different. Each dance had its own like choreography and difference to it. Mm -hmm. Aggression. Yeah. And so it, it was like this. It, it, I mean, I'm not a good dance guy. I'm not an interpretive dance guy, but you could see the differences there. There were, it was elucidated quite clearly what was 
the, the, there was a battle of sorts happening. But then when it pushed back out of the astral plane and back into the guy who's plugging in the, well, again, the mic yeah. jacks, you know. Which, and that kind of struck me as a very funny joke, almost, that he's going with the flow of of what's happening. Um, I mean, because the silliness of jacking in to with, with audio cables mm-hmm. and turning that into some, from a vat of water into some kind of, like... That joke about under- the daiquiri, that was such a groaner. Yes, yeah, <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Uh, like really, that made it to pass the right out of the writers' room. But but look at how many crazy, weird things are are going on in this. Show. Like the 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 cafeteria is one of these like floating boat. Like all these things that are that no other show would do, right? No other show would would even conceive of just like every. Everything is strange. Every aspect, not just this one aspect mm-hmm. of this thing, but no, every aspect of everything. Did you see uh, episode two? I don't think I have yet. There's a scene where they're outside, and, and in the cityscape, there are these floating like hands pointing in different directions, and it's just. Out someone, there. someone I was talking to was talking about the floating hands. I thought he was talking about the first episode. No, it's it's it, in the it, second episode, okay. but it's just this thing that's there and no one comments on it. And it's just there. It's like the whole the wholeness of everything is taking place in this weird, skewed reality. And it's that aspect that keeps me coming back. I forget who I was talking with, but we were like I came up with the idea. It would really be nice if, like, they would use, like, something to differentiate between, like, something subtle to differentiate between real and illusion. You know, like, maybe color temperature or letterboxing or something. Well, they, they, there but, is letterboxing yeah. that happens in the show. Because uh, sometimes they switch between aspect ratios. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I think, you know, the show is absolutely an exercise in style over substance but the style itself is so interesting that it keeps like there's the style itself is telling is is telling the story and that is what keeps interesting to me if if it got boring if the style got to the point where I've seen this before. This has been done. This kind of thing is is old hat. Mm-hmm. Then it would stop being an interesting show to me. But that hasn't happened yet. The only time that happened was like for me the the final episode of last uh, of the of the first season where it felt very ordinary, and it felt like the show should have been a lot better mm-hmm. than it was. You know, one of my favorite scenes from the first season was when they walked into the house and the sound was not working. Mm-hmm. You know, like in reality, the sound was not working. Yeah, well, that was great. the The bolero scene and the silent movie thing mm-hmm. going. Oh. That, was, <laughs> that was yeah, that was just crazy. The right? whole <laughs> first episode of the first season hooked me because it was just it was like this dreamscape. Uh, I don't know. There is, I like. I don't usually go for the style over substance approach, and I wouldn't normally. But the fact that the style is is so dynamic and there's it's so interesting and and 
it itself is telling a sort of story uh is 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 enough is not just enough for me but it, it it's definitely fascinating for me yeah like all and 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 the fact that every even the storytelling itself is so weirdly askew like the 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 the, the guy at what a division 23 is literally a basket case is a basket over his head and he has these androids who are women with mustaches and, 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 like all like Everything is weird, and then barely, if ever, commented on the fact that it's weird. Like that whole cafeteria thing is insane, <laughs> and yet no one, on a boat. <laughs> yeah, and no one. It's not really even. It's never like why is why is the cafeteria in this place done up so in, in such a weird way? It, it's just no. That's that's the way it is, and I I I, I just think that there is. It's it's like everything is at a Dutch angle, right? And I mean, and everything is is off in some weird like parallel dimension or something like that. And viewing through that prism makes the show a lot more interesting. Whereas if it were not viewed through the prism, it would be a very ordinary show about very ordinary things that we've all seen before and would be ignorable. Yeah. I, I I think that it's. I mean, some of the like the opening scene, right, where they're floating in the pool, and like the arm hands him a new martini, right. and they pull back, and then and, it's gone. Yeah. Right? Because, so it, it, establishing reality being very very much a construct. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, this is storytelling, right? It, it is telling a story with its visuals, yeah. uh, I, and that is. It's really hard to figure out what it's telling you, other than you can't trust anything you see. You know, it's right, but it's but it's it's the important thing is it's giving you information. It's not necessarily information that that allows you to to pull it all together and come to a satisfying conclusion. But it's constantly giving you new information. It's constantly it's showing you. Various different paths it could go. I, I I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> Big silly. We maybe forgot the we forgot the de- to uh, deconstruct the deconstruct this photo. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to anymore. Not anymore. I'm, I'm too okay. too busy thinking about Legion. Like because I I I get why somebody would say, well, it's all style over substance. Because I think it is, but. I think the style is telling enough of a story that it, that it makes up for the substance of the, of, of the story. Yeah, it, I mean... It, it becomes definitely... substance at a certain point, right? It, there's there's enough style that it is substance. The style is the substance. I'm curious, once they defeat the Night King, whether reality I, settles down and becomes more apparent. I, I think that right now... And from from my perspective, and I don't know anything about the, where the story is necessarily going, but from my perspective, the Night King is uh, uh, a meeting with a goddess situation, right? So defeating the Night King is only halfway through the story. That that's not okay. the real goal. The there is something more out there and and more dangerous than this thing right okay. that's that's the that's just basic storytelling in a sense you 
to bring it back to the story that everybody's familiar with, and I always bring up Star Wars, the stormtroopers seem like they were a compelling enemy until you got to the point where there was this, and, and Darth Vader until you got to the point where no there's this thing that blows up planets mm-hmm. and that's a lot you know it's like you think you, you've, you've rescued the princess but all of a sudden no it turns out that there's a giant ball out there that blows up planets and rescuing the princess ain't doing shit to stop this giant ball that blows up planets so it's like there's the perspective you're on on, on halfway through the story and there's where your perspective switches the stakes get larger and suddenly you realize that you were not that the path you were on need is changing and you need to now take what you've learned and fight the real enemy i mean they kind of i mean i haven't seen the second episode but they kind of alluded to a little bit of that in the first episode where uh the main character david david's not sure the night king is his enemy Mm -hmm. right you know I think the real enemy of this season, from I've only seen the first and second episode, is David himself. So in the first season, the the evil in David was attributed to the Night King, right? And so you're thinking that I think this the chattering teeth thing, uh-huh. right, is something that he's doing. Like it seems to be when they had their psychic battle that caused the people to turn into this whatever sickness uh and in the second episode without spoiling anything i mean it there's it it's implied that this could become something worse uh or this could spread and it seems like the source of this may not be the night king um in fact it's outright I mean, it's almost outright said that it isn't. Uh, that there's something else that happens. Uh, and the implication, at least now, is that it's David himself that does it. Okay. It's, it's interesting, right? Because everything was pinned on, you know, David was so well, the show, because the, show, the Night King was infesting him, you know? The show does an interesting thing by, yeah. by presenting it from sort of David's perspective where yeah. he seems sort of almost entirely normal. Mm-hmm. And the stuff going around him is so crazy, but he just sort of accepts yeah. it. That's a good point. And whereas from the perspective of someone who is insane and, and, and can manipulate reality... Perhaps they're the ones who experience reality as this kind of strangeness. Everyone else is really normal, but he's seeing everything as his weirdness. I, I think there's like a... You can go down this mm-hmm. this this wormhole of... Are we seeing the world from David's perspective? And is that why everything is so weird? Interesting. It's a good show. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, we have to go download the uh, second episode and give it a watch. Here's one thing I would say: uh, people who are wondering about 4K, yes, it's noticeable. Like it is absolutely noticeable the difference between 4K and like 1080p. Mm-hmm. Very much so. It, it is as as much a difference as from SD to HD. 
So it, what content are you getting in 4K? So the, the the content that I've been able to get so far has been recent movies, mostly of the superhero genre, and like Planet Earth and Blue Planet. Oh my god. Oh yeah. So Netflix has 4K. Yes. Right? Anyone else streaming 4K? Probably Hulu. Yeah. Probably. But none of the... I mean, I guess it... Like, you haven't seen Legion or anything in 4K. No. No, I would get it if it was. But no, I mean, like, I think that those get released in 1080p, and I, you know, get those. But I can stream those, but I have to put the 4K content... Oh, here's here's the other thing that's weird. So, on my TV, it doesn't support DTS. So I have to use... A, a program to convert some of the audio from the okay. stuff I downloaded from DTS to AC3. It's a, a, it's a pain in the ass. But no, it turns out, like, I thought I had to use handbrake and go through all this stuff, but FFMPG does it in, like, a minute and a half. Even for a file. Like, these mm-hmm. files are 20 gigabytes in size. <laughs> I was wondering, like, how big a 4K yeah. hour, an hour of 4K TV is. Because I normally download, I've started downloading the 720p's, uh-huh. but before that I was downloading the 480. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Because, you, like... you know, from just watching the show, I didn't need stunning mm-hmm. vistas. I just needed the show, so I downloaded the smallest one I could get. No, I get it. But, you know, I mean, there's a noticeable difference. I think the difference between 720p and 1080i is like a wash. Mm-hmm. But the difference between 1080p and 2160p is noticeable. Uh, it's the clarity. I mean, it, it, it's it's it, it's way better than like 3D. Like <laughs> 3D was so gimmicky, but this feels like you're now. I mean, it it feels much closer to looking at a window. Mm-hmm. Then you're looking at something as you know, in in high in really high definition, right? I haven't been following the news on 4K, but I mean, is it still the fact that it's only ever going to come across on streaming? Like the cable's never going to go to 4K. Like there's no like specs in progress. Last I knew, I I, I don't know. Probably that's the case because I don't know. Just a ban a bandwidth issue. I mean, it, there's so much data that is needed to mm-hmm. present. Even when you compress it, <laughs> it's 20 gigabytes yeah. in these MKDs. I mean, last time I looked, like, there was, like, no plans for, like, cable or broadcast to, to go above, you know, 1080. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, streaming, so Netflix, Hulu, whatnot, that's where people are going to get their... Or in games, right? Yeah. I and mean, that's most of the... And, and there's no, like, disc media, right? There's not going to be, like, Blu-ray, Blu-ray 4K. No, I, I, there is 4K. Is there? Yeah, there's UHD. Oh, okay. You, there are 4K disc media. Um, that's where these things come from. Okay. Uh, or at least, you know, these rips are, are from, yeah, 4K rips. So, so they, they, it's absolutely out there. Okay. Uh, but you need a... Play, thought... you, it doesn't... It won't play any regular Blu-ray player. You need to get a 4K-compatible DVD player. Okay. Like last time I looked into this, there wasn't a 4K DVD, there wasn't a 4K broadcast spec or 4K cable spec. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I assume there's a 4K broadcast spec of some sort because I think that um, high def, the antennas can pick it up. I, 
like because I, I bought one it hasn't come arrived yet but it's supposed to be it, it said 4k on it <laughs> so i guess i mean actually you know what i i thought i saw like the masters or some golf tournament mm-hmm. was going to be broadcast yeah okay so yeah. maybe the super bowl will be it seems like there's enough bandwidth in the air for that that, that should be fine um yeah what kind of, is it your your TV? Is it LED or LED? LED. Or LED, okay. But the OLEDs seem to be almost hitting, you know, the stride for big screen. Yeah, yeah, but this was, I mean, this was a really good price for a 55-inch right. TV. It's 400 bucks. Right. <laughs> that is a really good price. The thing, you know, I got like one of the last plasmas uh-huh. off, the mar- off the production line, right? Yeah. And great blacks. So... I would be hesitant to get a new TV. And it's working fine, so I'm not in the market for a new TV. But I think I'm going to, you know, one of my qualifications are going to be, because it's down here in a room with no windows, you know. Well, stop by sometime and we, I can show you what sure. what 4K... But OLED has blacks as good as plasma, so that would yeah, be where I right. get next. Yeah, I mean, but... Yeah, because it doesn't use a blacklight, right? It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't use a backlight like LED. So... Brief description, um, the way uh, LED... Well, I'm thinking about liquid crystal displays. LCDs. Yeah, I'm thinking about LCDs, that, where there's a backlight. LEDs are individual diodes that, that produce the individual colors. Uh, LCDs are old, older style, where you have um, a crystal uh, that can change based on the... It changed the, how... It's arranged based on the uh, current that's being put through it. Therefore, it can um, lower... Change it, it, it changes opacity, right. Uh, and then if you put those into red, green... You put in there's a, a black light and then a it, filter. Right. There's a filter and an opacity thing mm-hmm. that can change. Um, whereas LEDs them are... But, but there is a backlight, I think, on LEDs, but OLEDs don't need one. I think that's it, yeah. Yeah. I know that the Apple Watch is OLED, mm-hmm. and my iPhone is not. Right. I think the iPhone X is, but this one isn't, okay. and the iPhone 7 I have is not, uh, and the 8 is not. But I know this is an OLED, which means it's brighter it doesn't need a backlight. Yeah. I don't know why. Okay, so OLED panels are extremely thin and require no backlight. As such, OLEDs, OLED TVs tend to weigh less than LCD or LED slash LCD TVs. Uh, also require less power. So yeah, I guess LEDs, I'd have to look into it. But yeah, my understanding is they still have some sort of backlight as well. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure why, because an LED should emit its own light. But again, you know, it's, I'm not huge up on the physics of, of, of matter. I might need a boot insistence, right? I might need you know some white light. Maybe, maybe, maybe the LED itself is a filter of some sort. I, I don't know. Um, maybe it's because I think LEDs themselves 
like it, it took a long time before there were blue LEDs because red LEDs were, were easy, but then blue LEDs were hard because you need to find the band gap that was in the blue, and it turns out you had to do an ultraviolet and a filter in front of it. So there's lots of weird things to because the whole point is to excite electrons at a particular frequency of light. And if there is no material that allows you to do that... Oh, you know what I think it is? I think an LED TV is an LED backlight with LCD. Ah. I think that's what an okay. LED TV is. It's not that heavy. It's only about 30 pounds. Yeah. 55-inch TV is only about 30 pounds, which is... Um, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. So LED TVs... Use an LED backlight as opposed to a fluorescent backlight or something like that, and then uh, have an LCD filter. You know, so they have the, the, these very tiny pixel filters that are red, green, and blue. Mm-hmm. Four thousand of them is a KTV, and then little liquid crystals in front of every single one of those. So four thousand times three, mm-hmm. and then based on the current that's given to each of those pixels you can then define within 16,000 f- areas, right? 255 times 3 the various color temperatures yeah. of, of that, how much you're, you're blocking and how much you're not of what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's the difference. And then OLED actually emits the light, so there's no backlight. So black is black. Mm-hmm. Where everything else, plasma is the same kind of way. I'm, I'm not up on how my plasma TV yeah. works, uh, but there's not a, a general backlight, right. or if there is, the plasma thing. So it's not it's not blocking white light. It's emitting mm-hmm. light of a particular color. Yeah. Or not emitting in the case of black, which means it's going to be soaking up a lot less power when it's doing blacks. Right, it's a, it's so mm-hmm. well. That's plasmas use more power. So my plasma will use a lot more power oh. than a similar LED would use. Uh, just part of the technology. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I I love the TV. When I had your Oculus rig, it actually did some burn in, but it went away. I was so <laughs> I was so like freaked out, like because there was icons on my screen. I could see your wallpaper. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, I changed the wallpaper, so... How did that burn in? <laughs> because it wasn't on... I didn't think it was on for very long, but uh, somehow... I know that that was a problem with early plasmas, where they would burn in quickly. But, you know, there's... There's ways you can, like, do pixel exercises and stuff yeah. to kind of, you know, kind of try to wash out the burn in. It was a real problem with the old, super old TVs where they just had a phosphor and an electron gun. Yeah. And you could then, like, just get those chemicals excited or just to a point where they would just not excite anymore. And so you get this either burning or shadows. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Newer TVs. Yeah, I don't understand how plasma works. I mean, I think it's, it's a lot like a plasma globe or those plasma things in the sense that you're exciting a, a, a you know, very small amount of gas. Mm-hmm. I'd have to reread it. I just know that it, my TV theater is in the basement with you know small windows. It's dark in there, and when I bought it, and oh God, how old is that TV now? But it was like there was like one or two plasma models, and everything else was LED, mm-hmm. and uh, it had superior blacks. It was a good price, so I got it. It's like sixty-five inch. It's heavy. 
It's not 30 pounds. It is not 30 pounds. Uh, but yeah, I'm not really looking to do an upgrade, but uh, when there, you can get a you know 4K OLED 65 inch for a reasonable price, then that's when I would start looking. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy. I don't think I need a 65 inch. I, I mean, I didn't think I need a 50. I don't <laughs> probably don't need a 55 inch, but the price was too good. I mean, look at that. That's yeah. Four hundred dollars, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, I get one for the bedroom. And I won't watch. I won't put a TV in my bedroom because I just want to be able to sleep in there. Yeah, no, we have a shitty TV in the bedroom. It's uh, a sixty-five-inch version is. So look at how much the price jump is on the sixty-five inch, up to eight hundred forty-five dollars. Yeah. So because I was I was looking originally at like a, the smaller one, the the, the forty-three inch, and it was two hundred ninety-nine, and going up three forty-nine. Fifty-five inch went to three ninety-nine. It's like a hundred bucks more for a considerably larger TV and a. But but a, a, I think a better experience overall. Oh, I, I, I would go with it. I, mean, yeah. I don't regret getting 65 inches at all. I think mm-hmm. it's, I, I, no, not having a 70-inch TV, I feel that one's a little bit overkill, but who knows. I, mean, I, I, I was first introduced to 4K TV when, when Damien Bell and I finally watched one of those. I was like, wow, it really is so much. The clarity is mm-hmm. so much more. So, yeah. Um... I mean, you gotta go searching for the content, but when you find it, especially if you do get like I, the only reason I got the PS Pro, PS4 Pro, is so I could play 4K games. <laughs> yeah, they're impressive. They are, they? Yeah. I would offer you my PS4, but I've already promised it to Shane. That's not sorry. It's fine. I'm probably gonna get a uh, a new Xbox with my discount. I only get a discount on Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Produce games. There's a few. I guess the the new pirate game they have is supposed to be pretty good. So, R. I heard this rated R. <laughs> uh, can I can I can I send you off with a joke? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let me give this joke for you. Okay. So, uh, I didn't write this, but I thought it was funny. Um. So Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, and Barack Obama walk into a bar. The bartender asks what they want, and Clinton immediately says, I'll have a Miller High Life. Obama wets his thumb and flips through the drink menu, hems and haws for a second, and then says, oh, I believe I'll have an old-fashioned. Finally, the bartender turns to Trump, who says, I don't know, I'm a fucking idiot, as I'm a dumbass orange shito bitch with a tiny dick. I want to fuck my daughter because I'm so fucked up. And the two sons I remember look stupid as hell. I'm fucking stupid. I'm a dumbass. I can't even read what the fuck. I have tiny hands. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's the joke. <laughs> that works.
Have a good day, everybody. Fucking guys. Guys. Yesterday, the sticks and the spit.